0: When you're in an auction league, you're going to have to have some resolve because you do not want to chase the money. And there will be players that there will be a bidding war that you'll be having the sensation of wanting to go and get that player, but you're going to have to hold back and not get them. But Joe and I are here to talk about some players that we think you should let your other league mates draft based on their prices. Hood, hood, hike! Disclaimer: Before we continue in an auction draft, you can't follow too closely on the cheat sheet. You may have a fan of that team that that player's value skyrockets. You have to have a knowledge of who is in your draft. So, when we talk about this video, we are going through Fancy Pros half PPR cheat sheet for auction values. It's a great barometer for where we think they'll go, but do not hang your hat on these values because there is no way that these values are going to stay intact. Every league is going
1: to be different. My first player to be on the lookout for and chasing that money is going to be Dak Prescott. Now he's $10. You might not say that that's, you know, not that high of a value. Um, But you know, Dak Prescott, he's somebody I'm personally not high on this year. And honestly, I'm going to let my league mates take him instead. Um, you got Mike McCarthy and new offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer come out and say that they want to run the ball more this year, which ultimately will limit Dak's upside as a quarterback. And, you know, as far as Dak goes, his turnover rate has increased as his yards per attempt has decreased over the last three seasons. Um, which, which is a bit concerning for me, especially the turnover. I believe he had 15 interceptions last year. Um, which is pretty high. So for a guy that's going to turn the ball over uh, at a a decent rate and ultimately have less passing volume, you know, at $10, I'd rather take the $10 and bet on a guy like Trevor Lawrence um, and betting on the breakout this year or even take Kirk Cousins at the same price as well. And he's just in a more pass-happy offense and has a lot of good weapons as well.
0: Let's be real, Joe. You've never been a Dak Prescott.
1: (laughs) That is is very true. I've always thought he's an overrated quarterback, but even though I felt like he wasn't that great of a quarterback in the NFL, he had turned out, you know, a decent fantasy output. But I think the days of, you know, him producing that high upside in the top 10 quarterback, those days are over. And, you know, he's more so at the bottom end of like a top 12, top 15 type.
0: I'm with you when it comes to Dak Prescott. He is a very frustrating player. He's kind of like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. There's one game that he blows up, and then the next he plays the Houston Texans that should be a dreamy matchup, and all of a sudden he throws a ton of picks, and it's like, what are you doing, Dak? So he's just a guy you can't rely on. His consistency is way off the map. And so as a result, because he's not consistent, it's not worth spending. I can't believe you could get Trevor Lawrence for basically the same price. I'll take Lawrence every day of the week over Dak Prescott.
1: Yeah, I agree. I was pretty surprised to you know see the other guys in that ten dollar range, you know, with a guy like Dak Prescott.
0: All right, so my quarterback that I would recommend that you have your other league mates chase the money in draft is quarterback Joe Burrow. He's dealing with a calf injury, and I suspect he won't start the season, or if he does, he'll be at least limited. We recently heard. Even Jamar Chase, uh, his former college teammate and uh, you know probably the best connection quarterback receiver in the league, arguably, saying he didn't want Joe to rush back and that he'd rather preserve his health uh, for the, the long playoff stretch, which is what matters. So I think they're going to have to be very mindful of not rushing Joe Burrow back. I would much rather have Justin Herbert uh, who's going for $16, and Deshaun Watson, who's going for $13. So you're talking about guys who are going for way less than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow averaged 21.7 fantasy points per game, which was good. It ended up as the fourth-best quarterback. But there was a decent gap between him and then Mahomes, Hurts, and Allen. I think the problem is you know, Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think what happens is when it comes to fantasy football – too many uh, fantasy players try to take the Joe Burrow that's in real life and make him to be this great fantasy player. He just doesn't have the same fantasy production and ceiling that these other players do. And part of the reason why is because he's not a dual threat player. So for me, I'm going to pass on Joe Burrow. I would much If you're going to go and spend up for the money, it's worth going to get guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, especially in super flex leagues. And if you don't want to do that, then go a little bit less. Get guys like Trevor Lawrence and Herbert, who have a great amount of upside, who could really take that next step forward.
1: Yeah, I agree. uh You know, if you didn't talk about Joe Burrow, I was going to, you know, at the $23 price tag. And like you said, just the lack of upside with that, you know, with the lack of rushing ability that he does have, he just doesn't pose that high ceiling. I mean, even a guy like Lamar Jackson. Um, who is going for like a dollar more, has that higher ceiling with the rushing upside than he does. But I think you're right. It's just a matter of everyone says, oh, Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. He must be a smash play in fantasy. But it just doesn't always translate that way. So the next player I'm avoiding at his draft cost is going to be running back Josh Jacobs. His current auction value is $38. And I understand, you know, the news came out. He's reportedly going to end his holdout, you know, by week one of the season. Um, and you know, put, be available to play against the Broncos in Week One, but I'm overall concerned about him not being a, in football shape due to missing camp. And we've we've seen in years past where guys skip training camp and come back to play. They're just not they're just not ready because they're not in shape yet. And they also tend to have like those soft tissue inju- injuries, like pulling a calf or hamstring or different things like that. But on top of that, you know, I saw an interesting tweet uh the other day by dr jesse morse and only one out of the last 10 years has the running back touch leader from the previous year smashed the following year and that player was ezekiel Elliott in 2018 he had 381 touches and then finished as the rb3 in 2019 now a lot amongst the other running backs on that list uh you know you could even go back to it le- Couple to, A couple of years ago, you know, Jonathan Taylor, uh, 2021, he led the league in the total touches. But then we saw in 2022, limited uh, amount of games played because he had the ankle injury. And that ultimately is what happens to most of the guys that were on the list. They dominate in touches, and it's always been, you know, close to right or over the 350 to 400 touch mark. And then see that they don't even play a full season the very next year. So that's what I'm ultimately concerned with. And Josh Jacobs is posing a lot of risk. And for the $38 mark, you know, I'd much rather take a guy like Saquon Barkley or Tony Pollard, who just they have the ceiling and the upside there.
0: Yeah, you know, Joe, you're probably pretty happy that Josh Jacobs is playing your Broncos Week One because he loves the gash him, So maybe he won't be in football shape for your Broncos.
1: Yeah, I guess that's that's the whole man. It just it's unbelievable that we haven't been able to stop that guy. I feel like every time he just rushes for like 200 yards and gets a couple of touchdowns, it's insane. Yeah, I'm with you. I you know, anytime a running back,
0: I mean, any player holds out well into that past training camp, I just don't like it. I think you're right. I think it takes him a little bit of time to get into football shape. And you know, I think Josh McDaniels, based on what he did last year, you know, with the Raiders, you know, I could see him relying more on the run because Jimmy G, I don't think he's going to be throwing it as much as Derek Carr did. So maybe they're trying to kind of try to control um, you know, the the clock, if you will, for for the game. I just I'm with you. He, he's for that price. It's not worth it. I'm not, you're you're chasing for what his ceiling was last year, and that's never a good recipe. Uh, basically, what you just said over the past ten years.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not wrong. That's exactly what you're doing. You know, everyone's paying up because he you know led the league in uh, rushing yards last year, and you got to pay the hefty price. And he's, uh, you know, he probably won't ever reach that level of success. Uh, you know, again, so that $38 is definitely not worth it. So
0: the running back I'm telling you to avoid and let your league mates spend a ton of money on, especially if they're Cowboys fans, because you're bound to have at least one of those in your league, is running back Tony Pollard, he's going for $38. To me, he's a guy I would tell you to avoid at all costs. I think he's going to be good, but the problem is I think people are going way overboard for this guy. And the, the reason why is because they assume he's just going to take over the workload that Ezekiel Elliott had. He didn't. He didn't really do much in the receiving game, but last year, but in the rushing game, you're talking about 231 rushing attempts vacated, 876 rushing yards vacated, and 12 rushing touchdowns. But Tony Pollard is not the same running back that Ezekiel is. I, I, he's never had over 200 carries in his career. I don't even know if he's going to do that this year, and if he doesn't, I think you know there's going to be a lot of fantasy owners who are going to be very disappointed. So you have people out there, depending on who you listen to, that's going to tell you that Tony Pollard is the guy to have. You only need two people to think that, and I think his price is going to go bonsai. Let me have Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley at the same price, which to me have a much higher floor than tony powert and i could argue a higher ceiling as well and if you really want the higher ceiling guy you really want a boomer breakout go ahead and spend six dollars more and get a guy like bijan robinson so to me based on i just think his auction price is way too inflated and you're going to get burned if you decide to go after him
1: yeah i mean you've been you've been uh pounding the table for the Tony Pollard bust here, you know, all off season that we've been doing the video. So I'm not surprised with your pick here. You know, he's a guy, you know, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't necessarily, I'm not as concerned about the 200 touch thing. Cause at the end of the day, I don't think Tony Pollard needs the 200 touches. He's that explosive type player. Um, you know, I still like him. I, I get what you mean though. People are definitely going, you know, head over heels for this guy and expecting that huge ceiling. And in which case they could be disappointed in that sense, but he's still going to be a solid player. It's interesting. You say you'd prefer Nick Chubb. I mean, if you play in a PPR league, like Chubb doesn't get the, get the receptions, the Sean Watson doesn't dump it down to their running backs. So, you know, interesting. I, I get your Barkley point, but, I'd rather have Tony Pollard than Nick Chubb in PPR leagues. The same
0: argument can be made. Kareem Hunt is no longer there. Why can't? Why couldn't Nick Chubb assume the role that Kareem Hunt now just left? Unless they think Jerome Ford is going to take that role. But then if you say yeah. that, then why can't you say that someone on the Cowboys is going to take Ezekiel Elliott's role? They've
1: oh, got. I get that, but they don't have anyone on the roster currently to take Ezekiel Elliott's role, and. Tony Pollard's that all-purpose back, and Nick Chubb we've never really seen you know, catch the ball that much. And like I said, Deshaun Watson historically just doesn't dump it down to their running backs. So, I mean, th- the dual-threat guy is, is Pollard.
0: Mark my words, somebody in that Cowboys running back backfield is going to take the, the work, whether it's Malik Davis, uh, Deuce Vaughn, uh, they sign Leonard Fournette or somebody down the road or Rico, whatever his last name is uh, you watch. Somebody is going to take that role and people are going to be sorry that they spent all this money on Tony Pollard.
1: And and, and they could be, but I, I mean, at the same time, I think Tony Pollard still does need somebody to take that Ezekiel A role. Cause like you said, he hadn't had the large touches, but I think that allows him to have the ability for those big breakout plays and, and get that get you that high ceiling and possibly win you a week
0: well i'll nominate him and you can have him in our auction draft coming up all
1: right sounds good (laughs) so are you
0: enjoying this video so far well if you are show your support to our new channel by hitting the subscribe button and liking this video we'll be creating videos all nfl season long so you're not going to want to miss what we have in store
1: all right so my next player now this is gonna be a pretty hot take here Steve. Uh, My next player I'm going to talk about is wide receiver Cooper Cup, and he's currently going for $49. Whoa. Yeah, $49. And I know everyone's, you know, still expecting Cooper Cup to be that, you know, top five receiver. Everyone's drafted him like that. Obviously paying him to finish that way. But, you know, he is is 30 years old. He's coming off in an injury-shortened year last year. And then just last month, he's already injured his hamstring in training camp. Which I, you know, it's looking like he could be ready for Week One, but you know, we'll we'll see. Those hamstrings can kind of nag you and come back um, if you if you don't let them heal up all the way. But there's no doubting, you know, Cup is a great talent um, and a wide receiver when he's on the field. And if if he's able to stay healthy, he's going to have a huge target share, you know, on that Rams offense. They I don't expect their defense to be great. So they could be passing the ball a lot more, trying to come back in the games. But, you know, if I'm going to spend the $49 on a player, I, I don't really want to take on the inherent risk there at that price tag. You know, I'd rather have a guy like Tyreek Hill going for the same amount or take guys that are a little cheaper like Stephon Diggs or CeeDee Lamb. You know, Stephon Diggs is 40 bucks and Lamb is 42 So I'd take the 9 or 7 discount on one of those players instead.
0: See, I feel like if he stays healthy, him and Stafford, I mean, he's going to smash. I mean, there's nobody on that Rams offense. So to me, I mean, so long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to absolutely be fantastic. But I hear what you're saying. There is an inherent risk because the offense is is so heavily relied upon those two guys. If one of them doesn't show up, you're out to lunch. So, I mean, I don't don't disagree with you. I mean, Cup is not a guy that is not like he's not on my target list that i gotta have to have him like you said i'd rather pivot and get a guy like tyree kill or Stefan diggs or cd lamb who to me they have a safer floor maybe they don't have like an immense ceiling like cup um but you have to figure out who you're going to take a gamble on and he's just not one that i think i'd want to take the gamble on
1: yeah yeah and that's and you mentioned it i mean he's got health risk issues. Uh, who knows? Stafford could be one hit away from ending a season or a career. It's kind of, you know, crazy that he's even going to come back and, and play this year, honestly. Um, but yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, it, it if he's on the field and healthy, he's going to smash. There's nobody else really to take the targets there. It's it's really, you know, Akers, Higby, and Cup and Stafford on that offense. Um, but I'll bet on him not being able to play the whole year.
0: Yeah, unless he goes for an immense value, I, I to me he's a guy I, I'm avoiding. I'll let other league mates spend the money on because if I'm going to target a breakout or I'm going to target a guy who I think is going to overperform what he's going for, give, I just like to target those middle guys who I think could go into that, you know, wide receiver one, RB one. Not take a RB one who ends up being the top player at that spot. You know, to me, it's like any one of them could do that. I don't really know what the upside is there. You're still spending all that money. All right, so the guy I'm telling you to let your league mates pay the money for is Devontae Adams. He's going for $39. Devontae Adams is currently going for $1 less than Stephon Diggs. And Amon St. Brown, who I think is a, is a you know pretty strong breakout this season, is going for $6 less. I understand we're talking about Devontae Adams, but now Jimmy G is throwing him the ball. Derek Carr is no longer there. And in nine seasons, Jimmy G has played in a full season once, and that was in 2019. So more than likely, he's not even going to be able to play all the games. And last season with Derek Carr, who, you know, Devontae Adams and Carr played together when they were in college at Fresno State. He led all wide receivers in target share percentage with 32.3%, with a whopping 180 targets, which was second amongst all receivers. So, to me, I think Devontae Adams is going to be in line for some major regression. And if you think that that, those same numbers are going to happen with Jimmy G, you're sadly mistaken. So, you know, this is the type, this, this is the example. When you go to the grocery store and you pick out, either generic brand or the, the brand that's like, Oh, this is, you got to have this brand of cereal or the generic brand, go for the generic brand. Don't go for the name. that's Devante Adams, uh, because, uh, it's not going to work out so good for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting take. I mean, in the grocery store, I definitely be going for the brand name cereal, but, uh, in terms of <laughs> Devonte Adams, I, I mean, you're, you're not wrong with the, with the price tag. I'd rather have the guys that you mentioned as well. Um, you know, that plus, you know, Jimmy G's coming over, passing volumes going to definitely probably go down. I I don't think they're going to allow Jimmy G to just throw the ball all the time. And then also, you, you know, you got Jacoby Myers coming in, who's already familiar with the McDaniel system as well. Um, and, you know, like Jimmy Garoppolo has that familiarity as well. So that could also take, you know, reduce the target share, but I I definitely agree with you that Devontae Adams, you know, at that price tag, he's definitely in line for some regression and I'd be letting my league mates take him as well. All right. So the final player that I am going to comfortable letting my league mates draft instead of me is going to be tight end TJ Hawkinson, who's currently going for $21. Now this isn't anything against TJ Hawkinson, the player. I like TJ Hawkinson And like the fact that he averaged 9.4 targets and 6.6 receptions per game last year after being traded from the Lions to the Vikings. And, you know, he should still have a large role in this pass-happy Vikings offense. But I just feel like he's, you know, he's a safe tight end option with a high floor. You know, I don't know, really know what is, if he's got that high of a ceiling. Um, But at the end of the day, I just don't think... You know, paying him $21 is going to net you that separation at the tight end position that the price gap could offer you in other positions or even, you know, spending up on a Travis Kelsey um, at tight end or a Mark Andrews who's going to really, I think, separate from the rest of the tight ends. You know, there's, there's so many interesting tight ends out there that you get for cheaper. You know, Darren Waller could take a fire on Pat Fryermuth and his potential breakout this year. So that's why I'm out on T.J. Hawkinson at $21.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted to hear your logic here. I mean, I think it's a fair point. Uh, You know, he does have to share targets with Justin Jefferson, and now they just added Jordan Addison as well as a rookie, who I think will amass a lot of targets as well. You could make the argument, though, that he did that while having Justin Jefferson
1: and Adam Thielen. So what's going to change? So to me... Wow, Adam Thielen is... Not much of a, not much of a threat. I mean, he was a
0: touchdown threat and even Hawkinson got a lot of touchdowns even when he was there. And when you think about it, I mean, who's their running back? Alexander Madison right now? Who? I mean, I mean, that, that's a whole nother topic. That, that's fool's gold. You better, you better not, unless he's on the discount, uh, uh, discount clothing line, you better not be playing uh, brand dollars for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Alexander Madison is not somebody I'm currently targeting.
0: But as far as Hawkinson, though, sorry, I went on a tangent there. Uh, but I, you know, he's interesting. I, I don't think I'm as against him as you are. Not that you are against him, but I, I think there's some inherent value in him because I think he just has a lot more targets. Um, I could make the argument. I'd rather have him over Mark Andrews, to be honest to you, based on the price. Really. Well, yeah, because you've got all these other. I mean, Mark Andrews has been the guy for so long; he hasn't really had anybody to contend with. Now they've got Flowers, Bateman is healthy, Beckham, new offensive coordinator. You know, there's a couple more changes where Hawkinson now has a full off season to be in Kevin O'Connell's system, where he was traded and did so well, even though he, you know, he didn't even have much time to learn the playbook. He just stepped right in and did what he did. So,
1: yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, people are taking them and paying them, you know, to be that tight end three. I'm not sure if that, you know, he will, he will get there. I actually think, uh, you know, a guy like Dallas Goddard has a chance to get up Dallas Goddard, Darren Waller, those guys have a chance to get that at that tight end three level. And that's what I mean. You know, with the, with the price difference, I just don't think for the $21 Hawkinson's really going to create that separation at the tight end position, like some of those other guys. But as far as Mark Andrews goes, he's still got a chance to be the number one option in the offense. He's got the rapport with Lamar. I know there's some new toys. I'm not confident Odell Beckham is going to be on the field for a whole year, and it's really going to be Andrews and Flowers in my mind. So the tight end I'm telling you, let your league mates
0: spend the money on, is tight end George Kittle going for $16. Uh, Kittle is very feast or famine for me. Uh, When you look at his production and for me, if I'm going to spend money and spend up on a tight end, a lot of people punt that position. I want consistency and that's not Kittle. Uh, He's already banged up and he's always banged up. It seems I think he's got like an abductor sprain, um, which it sounds like he'll be he. They say he'll be fine at the beginning of the season, but this guy's always banged up. He can never stay healthy. Last season, kind of talking about his Feaster famine, he had four multi-touchdown games, but then also had 10 games without a touchdown. And with Brock Purdy as quarterback, which is when he really took off, uh, he played nine games with him for 39 catches, 540 receiving yards, and t- 10 touchdowns. I think he's in line for some major regression there. And who even knows if Brock Purdy will be the same guy that we saw last year. He's still recovering from that UCL injury. Uh, I'm not very confident about his progression as well. You didn't, you didn't watch him in the Broncos game, did you? I saw a few things, but that, <laughs> that, that, that is preseason, Joe. You always know, tell me I it's know. preseason. Give me a break. I hear you. Give me Darren Waller for the same price instead of George Kittle all day long. Darren Waller. Now, did you watch him in the preseason? He looked pretty good. And I think he can amass a huge target share. There is no bona fide receiver. You've got a lot more mouths to feed in, in in San Francisco with McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, you know, and the rest of them. So uh, I just think that I'd much rather, For first off, I'd rather have Waller over Kittle. But, you know, there's a couple guys you and I have talked about. I'd rather punt the position, get a guy like Chigazino Conquo, uh, you know, Greg Dulcich, um, some guys, you know, Pat Frymuth, you mentioned David and Joe. I mean, there's a lot of guys late that are really interesting. Why spend all that money for George Kittle?
1: Yeah, I don't, I definitely don't agree with, disagree with you here. You know, with George Kittle, it just, it's unfortunate he can't stay on the field because I absolutely love the way he plays and just, it just loves him as a person. But, uh, you know, the Brock Purdy thing doesn't really scare me. I mean, I, I saw what I had to see. That offense was humming and destroying the Broncos, uh, First guy, first team defense out there, getting the quick reads, getting the ball out. He 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 still looked good. Obviously, the 49ers have faith in him. But, you're, I mean, Kittle's definitely in for the regression at the touchdowns. He, I believe he's averaged like five touchdowns his, his whole career, never really got over that, but then was able to get 10 in nine games with Proc, Brock Purdy, which is absolutely absurd.
0: Yeah. I, for me, I, I just need to see it to believe it. Uh, you know, I, I know I saw the, the, the phenom that he was last year. Uh, let me, let me, let's roll it back again and, and let's see how he does.
1: Yeah. But to your point, I have seen Darren Waller in preseason and heard all the buzz. I, I like Darren Waller, you know, a lot. It seems like, uh, the giants are really going to utilize him. And, um, like you said, they don't have a strong, you know, number one wide receiver option either. So, Hey, Waller is definitely a guy you've been rising on and uh, could be targeting. If you didn't get anything from this
0: video, the one thing we want you to know is that you're gonna have to take a gamble on some player. Do some planning before your draft. Think about who you're targeting and who you suspect that people are gonna chase the money on. Don't get yourself in a bidding war. Have a tiered system, tiered rankings so you know what players are in those tiers. So, you know where to pivot. The last thing you want to do is spend gobs of money on a player, and then you're like, oh, what did I do? And have instant buyer's force. Thank you so much for watching, and until next time.